You're listening to the Long Box Crusade podcast, episode 31, featuring Tarzan number 11, cover dated April of 1978. Welcome to the 31st episode of the Long Box Crusade. I'm your host for this evening, Jason Albrick, a.k.a. the Weasel Skull. The Long Box Crusade is a podcast where each episode, a random cover, month, and year is chosen, and then an issue is selected from one of the Long Box Crusade crew members' comic collection. Each episode, we will summarize, review, and reminisce about the issue, ads, and events of that time period. Joining me for this episode is my actual brother, Jared Albert, the yard sale artist. Jared, how have you been? And give me your current crusade in 10 words or less right now. Hit it. Ah, uh, I'm good. Uh, uh, get all my art on my website. www.theyardsaleartist.com. I'll allow it. Delvin, the Dark Web Williams. How you doing, Current Crusade? Ten words or less, go. Doing good. Auburn football, jiu-jitsu, way too much drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like That's it. Seven. Seven words. All right, with three to spare. I like that. I'm keeping them, though. Pat can't use them. <laughs> <laughs> www.theyardsaleartist.com. <laughs> Wait a minute. All right, round in the corner here. It just would be folly for us not to check in with the founder of the Long Box Crusade, Pat DJ Cristado Sampson. How are you doing in Current Crusade? Ten words or less, go. I'm doing all right, Jason. I'm glad you asked. And let me tell you about my Current Crusade. It is editing podcast for Crusademus 2021. I love it. com. Thank you, Jared. All right. What about your crusade, Jason? I'm glad you asked. And guess what? Since I'm hosting, rules don't apply to me. So sit back, relax, and listen to my crusade. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Would you like I, to hear the story of my life? It's been particularly interesting. <laughs> it's been particularly <laughs> Yes. I will say, watching my Blu-ray collection, posting about it on Twitter. I've Those enjoyed things. yours. I've enjoyed them. I've, I've, I like checking in to see what you've been watching, and it's a fun thing you do. Yeah, I figure it's just been sitting there for a while, man. I should uh, enjoy my collection, and it's been fun going back and watching some old flicks I haven't watched in a while. Do you find a particular piece of food you like to eat when you're watching your collection? Hmm, that's a good question. How do I hear yeah. the phone buzz when the Dodgers aren't playing anymore? <laughs> I don't know. It's, I do this Duolingo thing, right? <laughs> and this that nags me if I haven't done it. it like. <laughs> I'm like, I still got the rest of the night. Give me a break. I'll practice my Italian. Jeez. It's, I'll tell you. 
But to answer your question, Pat, I was watching a film with my son, and I had gotten a bag of almonds because, like you, I got to monitor my mm-hmm. caloric intake and, and my carbs and my sugars and all that. And I was eating that sucker, and then my son had this thing of Pringles, the pizza-flavored Pringles. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I broke, man. I had some of those <laughs> Pringles. Those are good. Yeah, those Pringles. That's what popped into my head. Hold on one second. One second. Can we go back really quick? Mm-hmm. Sure. You had almonds. Were they mm. were they heated? Were they heated almonds? Well, they were habanero flavored, if that's what you mean. No, I, I meant like, you know, temperature as if like they were warmed up to some degree. Like is Jared, I, I'm missing something. Could you help me out, please? I I, I don't know. There's just like a certain phrase. You know, like that. Yeah, it wasn't like lukewarm. It's more like. Yeah, mm, yeah. It's, it's, it's not like, cold, but it's the other handle. We're, yeah. We're like uh, hot nuts? Possibly warm. Wait, 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 what, what was that? Hot nuts? nuts is mighty fine, but I bet your nuts ain't as hot as my selling nuts. Oh, hot nuts. Oh, oh man! The behind the scenes for that, then this needs to go on outtakes. Like, I mean, it's like I, I, I put the tea up there, shined the tea up real nicely, got the ball. Jared was the kid in the dugout, just, just looking around for his bat. And I was scrambling. I was like, "Oh, okay, okay. I got the phone. Pull up the YouTube. Ah, oh, David, I gotta watch your dad." Well, I had my script up too because I'm like, why isn't he playing the song? It's like, so I had working to, like, so I'm sweating right now. <laughs> I was like, is he playing Homescapes? <laughs> that's, that's my gig. That's uh, his job. <laughs> All right. Uh, sorry, Jason. Go ahead, man. Okay. Well, now that those shenanigans are out of the way, we invite you to be a part of the show by submitting your comments and memories, which will be read later on the show. All links and pictures for this episode are in the show notes, which can be found at the website longboxcrusade.com. Please add the podcast to your favorite podcast feed or on iTunes. You can also follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Longbox Crusade. We hope you come along with us on this crusade to read them all. Well, before we get started and have some fun with this episode, issue review, let's take a quick podcast promo break. We'll be right back. Monthly, monthly, monthly. It's Action Film Face Off. Hello, I'm Jason the Weasel Skull Albrick, and I'd like to tell you about a podcast I do with my brother, Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist. Action Film Face Off. Yes, thank you, Jared. Action Film Face-Off is a podcast where my brother and I, who are both military combat vets... Jason was a Navy SEAL! Jason was not a Navy SEAL. Jason was a military intelligence wing. But anyway, in each episode of Action Film Face-Off, we select two different action films. Some of them have Chuck Norris! 
technically speaking, none of them have had Chuck Norris yet, but it could happen because we use a randomizer set between 1970 and modern day to select our two films. So you'll always get two films, each from a different year. Our randomizer has spikes on it. We use a Google random number generator, so it does not have spikes on it. And we put the films into our video dome arena. It also has spikes. It does not have spikes. <laughs> but we discuss the films and score them through six different rounds of criteria. I score Bond films very high. Okay, that's true. But anyway, by the end of the episode, we crown one of the action films the champion of action film face-off. Next episode, Jason fights a bear. Jason is not fighting a bear, but please give our show a listen. We're part of the Longbox Crusade Network of Shows. Pat Samson killed a man with a sword once. I can neither confirm nor deny that statement. But you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers under Longbox Crusade, or you can subscribe to just our show by searching for Action Film Face-Off. Come see the blood fly! And that's Action Film Face-Off. We do, indeed, invite you to come and see The Blood Fly. I just said that. Welcome back from the break. Today's adventure from the long box is Tarzan number 11, cover dated April of 1978. Talk a little bit about the issue credits, and these credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. Comic title is Tarzan, number 11, publisher Marvel Comics, cover date of April 1978. The actual on-sale date was January 24th, 1978. The cover price was 35 cents, and that is not a misprint. 35 cents. Editor was Roy Thomas. Writer was Roy Thomas. Penciler was John Buscema. Anchor was Tony DeZaniga. And the letterer was Joseph Rosen. The colorist was Phil Rachelson. And the cover credits belong to John Buscema with inks by an up-and-comer named Neil Adams. Well, let's talk about this cover. And to do that, we're going to bring in my brother, Jared. Let me just swing in here and do this cover description. <laughs> he said swing it all right here we go oh i get it you're saying <laughs> you got it tarzan zing zing all right sorry go for it jason go for it jared all right the marvel comics banner is far away from nowhere with yellow and black letters tarzan seems to shout jungle life with his knife raised against the moon in the corner box. The Tarzan title font is Living in the Open, red with white highlights. The main action depicts Tarzan swinging through the trees while rushing across the forest, holding Jane in his arm, and zooming through the treetops with his ape friends, all while escaping the men with rifles below. Even though it's easy to survive, one of the men with rifles shouts, Shoot to kill! Ape man must die! Tarzan indicates it's alright by saying, Hold fast to me, Jane! When you are safe in the trees above, I will lead my apes against those who would invade my jungle. Nice. A torn parchment corner box says, Tarzan triumphs. The soul-searing conclusion of our epic adaptation of Tarzan and the Jewels of Opar. There we have it. I know Pat got the reference. I saw him be bobbing around. Did everybody get it? No. Wanna jungle life, it's far away from nowhere. On my own, oh, 
I'm surprised Jason didn't get it. You know, Baltimore, Lady Baltimore, Lord Baltimore, whatever. It's all Baltimore. It's all Baltimore to me. Oh, anyway, back to you, Jason. All right. Well, let's talk about the cover and, and the art of the cover a little bit. And let's start off with Delvin. What do you think? It's good. I, I wish I, I want to have something like pointed to say about it. There's definitely plenty of action. You've got the chimps and you've got uh, Tarzan, you know, looking all like, I mean, we take these things for granted, right? This is a human being who has another human being in his arms and he's swinging from a tree. Like it's Catholic. Do you know how ridiculously strong you have to be to do that? I don't know if I can have a small toddler in my hand and like swing from a dang jungle gym, much less having a fully grown woman in my arm and swinging like Tarzan was. So that alone is an impressive feat if you think about it. So a pretty impressive feat on a cover that is well drawn. I think Delvin too, yet alone. Trying to keep your loincloth up around you. I could, could not it imagine. Like it's kind of squeezing together. those thighs together a little bit, you know, to hold the pieces in place, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so he's got a lot going on. He's he swinging does. from a tree. People are shooting at him. He's got Jane in his arm. He's trying to hold his, his little Tarzan back with the loincloth. <laughs> Lots of action is, is where we're going with that. All right. Why don't you uh, jump in here, Jared? What do you have to say? You know, it's a good cover. It's a very Tarzan cover. Uh, the things I find bizarre about it is like Jane looks very clean for hanging out in the jungle. <laughs> she looks like that throughout the book, too. Like, where are you washing your clothes <laughs> and pressing your, your I know, clothes? they're washed and pressed. Her boots are spit shine. She looks good. She's ready for inspection. <laughs> She's ready to go. Tarzan looks great. The apes look great. I like the use of the trees at the top half. I think it just kind of peters out a little bit in the bottom half. There's not much going on. I was like, you drew a couple of bushes. You know, it just kind of, it, it peters out a little bit. It's main problem, and uh, let's be very clear, people here, we're nitpicking, because it's a, it's a good cover. It's a good cover. But its biggest issue is the Tarzan with his foot on the lion in the corner box with the moon and the knife is, like, more interesting to me than the actual cover. Like, the the corner box is killer. <laughs> like, and the, I think it's even better than the cover. That's its, its biggest problem is, is like, wait, that small picture is more interesting than the big picture. Yeah, that really does. You know, I, I didn't really look at it. But now that I do, boy, that does summarize Tarzan, doesn't it? He's beating his chest with that left arm. He's got the knife and he's standing on the corpse of this lion that he just defeated with the full moon in the background doing the it's house. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That is, that's good, man. He should put that on his business. <laughs> it just like says, uh, you know, Tarzan, right? It's got that picture that's underneath is like Greystoke Industries. That's all his business cards. Do we really want to know where he's keeping those cards, though? <laughs> <laughs> These cards smell like hot nuts. <laughs> hot nuts. Got it from the Tarzan man. <laughs> Did you just pull that card out of the year? <laughs> Do you want my business or don't you? <laughs> I said good day, sir. Look at the picture. <laughs> that picture is good. All right, I'll take it. All right, Pat, I know you've got something to say. I, I do agree with Jared on that. that. That is a cool picture that does draw your eye to the corner. But what I really like about this is the logo for Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. That's a really sweet looking logo. It and does. I think it reminds me back of, you know, kind of seeing that when I would do bin diving, 
back then and just brings me back to some good, fun childhood memories. And I want to point out that all the logos that we're seeing on these books, these 35 cent books from the late 70s. And thanks for bringing a book from the late 70s, Jason. So we'll know the songs later on. Uh, (laughs) You know how I roll. I want to point out these logos that were, you know, Tarzan, the Uh Spider-Man one that we cover on Chronicles, all that. Those were hand drawn. There's no computer font. There's no, there's no Photoshop. Somebody sat down and hand drew that logo to perfection. That's ridiculous. I would have that logo on my wall. That logo. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be good. I would do like a whole poster of just the title font logos of Marvel from the late seventies. Just amazing. It'd be just to have a cool T-shirt like that. Just that logo on a T-shirt would be fun. Oh, we're getting merch ideas. (laughs) All right. Anybody have anything else to add on the cover? Hearing nothing. Let's talk about the synopsis. is Tarzan Triumphs. As we enter the story, Tarzan and a Belgian mercenary are prisoners of troops from the Congo Free State. Using his ability to talk with the apes, Tarzan convinces his simian friends to run a raid on the troops and rescue him and his fellow captor, who, unbeknownst to Tarzan, has stolen jewels belonging to the king of the jungle. Meanwhile, lost in the jungle, Jane is captured by an Abyssinian exploring party. Their victory is short-lived, however, as they are suddenly beset upon by a pride of lions. Jane is nearly devoured by the pride's alpha when Tarzan leaps into the fray. In a fierce battle, Tarzan kills the predator as the Belgian mercenary slinks off into the jungle with Tarzan's treasure. Tarzan pays little mind, however, as he rests in Jane's arms, the treasure that truly matters to our king of the jungle. In the epilogue, weeks later, Tarzan finds the corpse of the Belgian in the jungle and recovers his jewels. The forest, it seems, will always balance the scales. Do you guys enjoy this synopsis? Because if not, Jason Bundalo! <laughs> bundalo, Bundalo, underlandale. I got that because he says that every time he kills something or somebody. Tarzan uh, Bundalo! All right, all right. Okay. Add that to my daily routine. <laughs> bundalo! I loved it. Matter of fact, if I didn't already have this weasel skull nickname, I would go <laughs> Bundalo. Bundalo. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the story. We'll start with you this time, Pat. What'd you think about it? It was weird because I think we're being dropped into like the conclusion of an adaptation of a book, right? Well, it says right on the front, Soul Searing Conclusion. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, yeah, and I do apologize for that, but I bought this as a pack they had a huge stack of the tarzan books and 
it started with number 11. So that's why I just picked that one right up off the top. Okay. No, no problem. If I'd have thought about it, maybe I would have done the next one. But you're right. It is the last, the, the last issue of a story arc. Okay. Which is fine because as they were telling the story, I kind of got an understanding of what was actually happening from probably what we missed before is something got stolen. Jane got lost. They're married. They need to find each other. Yada, yada, yada. Tarzan mm-hmm. swinging around with just his underwear on. No, about sums it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Reading through it, I was thinking, man, okay, this might be a long one just with how it's laid out, but it actually flowed pretty nicely. And I got through it in a timely manner, shorter than what I thought it would be. And I think not only did the art help, but the story uh, was well paced out. Yeah, I kind of thought the same thing. I jumped into this and like you said, immediately you're like, okay, I'm a lot of stuff's gone on up to now that I've missed. But I felt like I caught up pretty quick and was able to figure yeah. out. And I and so I, I ended up enjoying it. That was just kind of my my feelings on it. But Jared, what do you think about the story? Uh, two major comments, and then I'll leave the rest for Delvin. One, I was really impressed with the amount of research, I think, that Roy Thomas. I mean, I know he was adapting, uh, so I guess we need to give the true research to Edgar Rice Burroughs, but. Not a lot of people understand the true complexities of geopolitics of Africa, especially at this time, which, you know, made the story a little more confusing, probably to the layperson who doesn't understand it. Short version, and one of the reasons why things in Africa still are, you know, can be troubled today is all these European countries basically started going down there looking for resources. And they're like, okay, Belgium, this is your area, and this is your area, Great Britain, and this is your area, you know, Germany. Well, I don't know if Germany had a anyway. You get the idea. They carved it up and they made a bunch of like, okay, well, we're going to make this country like basically Europeans drew the borders that we see on the map, and those don't match the tribal borders of the African peoples, which is why there's still a lot of consternation there to this day. I'm not going to sit here and debate the rights and wrongs, but the point of it is, it's super complex. And Edgar Rice Burroughs and Roy Thomas really captured that well. There's a lot going on here with different factions of people all sort of trying to grab their piece of the pie. And Tarzan basically just wants to live in the damn jungle with Jane, you know? Peaceful life with his homies and Jane in the jungle. So I was like, I was really impressed at how well they got that nuanced and complicated uh, political realm of Africa. I think that's really well said, Jared. Yeah, there are a bunch of people just kind of crawling around in the jungle. Just in this, you know, just in this issue alone, we see Belgians, Free State Congo, we see uh, Abyssinians. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're mm-hmm. different tribes. Yep. Uh, so it's you're absolutely right. Lots of different complex political, just you know, the the political complexities of that time. This comic, and I've read all the series in this that I bought, which I think I go from eleven to the very end, and they're not afraid to touch on on some of those issues, which I thought was very interesting. So well observed, here. What was your second observation? All right, the second one is much more simple. How bad was it when he squared off against that lion to protect Jane? I was like, oh, ho, 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 this is a Tarzan moment underline underline exclamation point like with zero fear he knew what he was getting into 
Yeah. He knew how hard it was going to be to win that fight. And he did it anyway. And the art in that moment was cool. The writing had my heart beating fast. I was like, Tarzan, you are just the man right now. That, that was just amazing. It's weird. I, you know, I take no pleasure in seeing this glorious beast like the lion get slain. But, uh, you know, there are certain, well, rea- it's a comic book, but realities, you know, he, he had to choose. You know, I think Tarzan on any given day would just live and let live with the lion, contrary to what the corner box would tell you. <laughs> yes. But, you know, it was to protect Jane. And man, was it heroic and uh, it just well-drawn, well-written. I really, that moment was just shining for me. thought it was great. Yeah, I think that was definitely the highlight of the book for me, too. And that's another kind of theme that I've discovered as I read through all of these issues is that it's a rough jungle out there and they do not shy away from the the violence of the jungle in the book. I remember one issue I was reading, there was a member from another tribe that Tarzan didn't like, didn't like this tribe because they're going out and trapping and killing lions. So this guy comes out and sets a trap for a lion with like a little lamb or something that he he puts inside a cage. Tarzan beats the crap out of the guy, takes the lamb out of the cage, puts the guy in the cage, and then what you think would happen happens. (laughs) You ain't lying. And I'm just reading. I'm like, I was like, no way, no way. And then he's like walking with this lamb. And I was like, oh, and he rescued the lamb, turned the page. He's eating the lamb. He's like, he's cooked. It's jungle life, son. I was like like crying in this thing. I'm like, I'm too weak for this ass, man. (laughs) But why? Why? (laughs) That's right. I mean, the the violence in this book is very brutal. Reminded me a lot of like the Conan type violence. I think there is kind of a similar vibe to it. You know, it's not graphic. They don't show, they like, they don't show like the guy getting mauled, but they leave no. You know, there's no ambiguity that that's what happened. It's a violent book. Anyway, Delvin, you've been waiting patiently. What are your observations on the story? Well, you let Jerry take them all, so just because he went on that nice tangent about like, you know, general history of the continent of Africa. I'm like, yep, yep, all right, cool. I still got a fart. He's like, and let me talk about the cool fight. And I'm like, <laughs> I thought for sure you'd be like, I know the Belgian was bad, but that uniform was squared away. <laughs> I tell you what, that fight was incredible. And again, to mirror what I mentioned about the cover, how insanely strong is Tarzan to get? I mean, he dive bombed into this lion knocked it off balance, then knew that he was unarmed and that wasn't going to be enough. So he found a rifle, (laughs) smacked the crap out of the lion with said rifle, and then wound up killing the lion with the remains of, like, the rifle. Like, I'll tell you what. (laughs) I'm a happily married man. If I were in a jungle and some dude did that to me and was like, you want to make out? I'd be like... All right. <laughs> you earned it. <laughs> Literally the least I can do after watching you kill a lion with your bare hands. What the hell? <laughs> Dude, I had to laugh because I was like, he did all that for Jade. And I like, I get mad when I have to go change a flat tire for Johanna. <laughs> 
like they they mentioned later. They're like, I mean, and they did it very slyly about, you know, and they embraced and and, and had couple time that they have like, like you dang right. <laughs> I mean, Tarzan at that point, I mean, does he even have to ask? It just be like, hey, you know, not the lion thing, huh? All joking aside. Jane turns to him not tonight, Tarzan. I got a headache. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you got a headache. I got some root. I'm, I'm the king of the jungle. Here's some root. That's, that's gonna cure your headache in 15 minutes. In 15 minutes, I'm coming back. Uh, all right. The other thing that I should at least mention is that. Because I, I'll say this isn't a superhero book per se. It's a comic book, but it's not a superhero book. So the question then is, what's the draw, right? It's not a superhero book. Well, as you guys mentioned, the draw is the jungle itself and the conflict that's going on in Africa and the outright just law of the jungle, the violence that is occurring uh, within this book. I mean, even what we saw, we saw... You know, animals fighting humans. We saw humans fighting humans and brutality between all of them. And mm-hmm. all of that is the sell of the book because I was kind of wondering myself, it's like, am I going to like this? And I did. And I liked it because it's like you can't hold back on any of the action. Yep, you can talk a little bit of the geopolitical stuff, and I'm sure they did. But like ultimately, when it gets down to that action, you've got to have that part of the book delivered. It absolutely did. Yeah, I think that's really well put. And, you know, to your point, this series didn't run very long. I think it only went through to maybe issue 38. No, I'm sorry, 29. 29 is where it, where it died off. And uh, so, and obviously they put some pretty good talent on it. I mean, you've got Roy Thomas and John Buscema. That's, you're not scraping the bottle of the barrel for talent there. Yeah, those are and, names. Those yeah. are names. And so I saw this and I never read it before. So I picked it up and it's like, this is really good. And, you know, one last thought and then we'll move on. The other thing I really liked about it was his communication with the apes. And they get into that more in the story. I'm used to the Tarzan television series where like the jungle was, were like his pets almost, right? If he needed a ride, he'd whistle or call and, an elephant would show up and he'd ride this elephant. It is not like that in the comics. There is a relationship that they have. And there was a couple times where like one time Tarzan was pulling a joke on one of the apes and the ape wasn't having it and beat the crap out of him. And Tarzan had to like, Oh, okay. I'm sorry. You know, and kind of show submission to this ape. Mm -hmm. So there's this kind of balance that goes on and there's a relationship and an understanding, but these chimps, these apes, their relationships are just as complex as you continue to read through the books. And I thought that was really interesting and entertaining as well. I think you you do bring out a good part in that, that it was something that I picked up as well, too, is, you know, there's some brutality here, but you also see the respect that he has, even as you guys mentioned in the fight with the big lion, Tarzan's like, hey, lion, you know. I just whacked you. I don't want to really hurt you. Just fall over or something. But if you come after me, I got to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, but and you can tell that he felt, you know, I, you know, I don't want to do this, but I got to do it to save Jane. So uh, there's that compassion as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, and when the chimp dies that rescues them, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. one that gets shot, mm-hmm. and his reaction yeah. there. Those are things that I just thought were beautiful throughout the book that I really enjoyed. Speaking of the chimp thing, I want to give a shout out to Rosen, the letterer, mm-hmm. how he would change the lettering for when he's speaking directly to the apes and the apes are speaking to him. They use a different lettering, even when it's being translated into English, it still uses that different lettering. I thought that was real impressive. Yeah, that is a really good point. Very good point. I didn't even notice that till you brought it up, but you're right. Absolutely right. All right. Well, does anybody have anything else to say about the story before we move on to the art? 12 Candy Kings. All right. Yeah. I knew I should have brought this book. Yeah. Why why didn't you put it to You brought Lord Baltimore. I brought Lady Baltimore. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Upper Dundalk. I don't know. Um, I was only going to mention, and uh, I hate to mention it because it's it's kind of a downer. I wish that you you know how we are about damsels, right? Mm-hmm. And that that was the only thing where it's like Jane was only there to be rescued, and that was the part where I was kind of like, yeah, could have done without that. That was the only really negative of the book, and it wasn't even a super negative because it's like I didn't get the sense that she was like dumb or helpless, but she kept getting put in situations where there's not much she can do. Like she got ambushed and kind of like, you know, taken uh, by the Abyssinians, I believe it was. Yeah. yeah. And like there wasn't much she could do there. And then like she wound up getting like cornered by a lion. Can't expect her to defend herself against the lion for Pete's sake. But yeah, wasn't a huge fan of the damsel part of it. So hopefully in future issues of Tarzan, she was a much better and capable counterpart to Tarzan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Edgar Wright's bros writing these about the same time as, uh, was it Alex Haley's writing Flash Gordon? <laughs> so she's, she's straight up Dale Arden. Dale Arden yeah. pass out all the time. <laughs> you know, that old school. Yeah. yeah. That's the, uh, hey, yeah. let me ask you guys this. Has anybody read any Tarzan books from Ed- Edgar Rice Burrow, like back in the day when you were kids or anything? Yes. If I did, I don't remember. I have not. I don't know, Jared. Have you? Yeah, I read a couple because there was sort of a Tarzan interest resurgence in the 80s when Greystoke came out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I remember reading a couple of like the ones you get at school, you know, through the school book fair. Elastics. You know, like, hey, here's the Edgar Rice Burroughs originals. They were probably dumbed down a little bit. It's probably not the truest form. It's probably like those pocket books. It's probably what I'm thinking of, to be honest with you. But yeah, so that's kind of where I got most of my knowledge and there and and Johnny Weissmuller films. I've got some on my bookshelf, but haven't read them yet. I'd like to, though. Just need to quit my job (laughs) so I can read books and podcast and get paid for it. All right, let's roll in and talk about the story art. I thought it was all right. What do you guys think? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jared, I saw some social media posts from you. (laughs) I know you you were kind of a fan. Why don't you lead us off? Oh, man, it was just incredible. Incredibly good art. I mean, I'm from sentence fragments, words. <laughs> I mean, from an artist's point of view, it is ridiculously hard to draw a ton of jungle setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the creatures of the jungle. Yep. I mean, probably the easiest thing to draw in Tarzan is Tarzan, because he's just like a dude with a loincloth, like a muscle dude with a loincloth on. But then, like, you have to draw the different tribes the abyssinians you got to draw the belgian dude like and everybody has to have sort of a different 
look in a different uniform and just the pure amount of, I mean, just the amount of animals alone and jungle work that goes into drawing these panels is incredible and it's gorgeous and it's wonderful. And I'll stop talking because there's other people on the show. Yeah, no, it's, it looks good. <laughs> Delvin, what do you think? I remember years ago hearing that, I think it was Eric Larson hated drawing dogs. I think mm-hmm. dogs was his weakness. And um, I think maybe cars too. So like anytime that like he had something like a savage dragon or something or Spider-Man, like they we might show them like running into a car, but there's going to be very few scenes where you saw Eric Larson draw a car or a dog. And in this scene, this was real life. So it's not like anything super fantastical, you know, other than the jungle, which of course is fantastic in its own right. So yeah, the artwork was hyper realistic and uh, hyperkinetic. They did a really good job in that and drawing you into what was a lot of intense action. Then you saw the names attached to it like a John Buscema. And that's not surprising that you would have such a a good solid artwork like that. So yeah, kind of surprised that this only went 38 issues, especially that art team stayed on there. I guess no one was interested in Tarzan for whatever reason, but not due to lack of talent for certain. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Pat, you've been patient. What do you think? Oh, I just agree with Jared and Delvin as well, too. You have John Buscema just drawing magnificently in this. And with all the panels and the detailed in every panel, there's an understanding why when you look on the first page that it says John Buscema and the New York tribe as illustrators and storytellers. So it's not just him. It's other people that probably were trying to get this done to get it out there. And they just did a great job of this. And and to think this is their imagination of the Tarzan universe, so to say. You know, I, I don't know if there have been some other illustrations beforehand or other comics before this. I didn't do any digging around to see, you know, did they, what did they have to draw off this? So they're actually, you know, if they're just taking the words from Edgar Rice Burrow and just putting it onto a page to visualize this, man. Yeah. I think they had like old, you know, older films and television series, you know, as some sort of visual reference. Sure. Yeah. Probably those. But to your point though. Yeah. I thought you nailed it with the panels. There's no, real wasted space. I think to me, the hard thing from an artistic standpoint is how to have Tarzan move as a human or with human limitations, but still look as though he belongs in the jungle. And I think uh, those scenes where he's like just walking up those thick branches. Mm -hmm. um, And I thought, man, they just really did a good job. Just the anatomy of him moving through the jungle looks really Yeah, they sold it really good. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, just as a as a quote unquote comic creator myself, the one thing that caught my eye too was take a look, go through it a second time after read it, look at pictures. Just look at the people who aren't Tarzan, Mm -hmm. and -hmm. look at their body language. Everything is exciting, even when a guy. I think it's on page one. There's like a dude, uh, like an African dude in the foreground, and he's just chilling. He's even got like this slump posture, like his neck is down. Like every pose of everybody has an interesting human quirk to it. That's what I noticed. I was like, even your background characters, you know, when they're alerting, something's happening. There's like these big body movements and it, wow. It's, just, it's, it's comic making at its peak. If you well, even with the apes and the other animals too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
everything has a dynamic energy to it. Even when people are resting and chilling, it has a weird dynamic energy to it. It's very impressive. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's a good observation. But we got a lot of good pages uh, to look at here. So this is going to be a, well, maybe it's not going to be a hard question. I think everybody's going probably looking. Is anybody not looking at the full page? <laughs> Him jumping out of the tree. You, you know, I was rushing that line. I was thinking that one. I'm like, oh, that could be my go-to. Uh, otherwise, the page after that, that where it shows him kind of tussling with him, and then he grabs the gun, that one wouldn't be a bad page either to have. Now, let's do the shortest version of this we've ever done. Okay, guys, let's pretend you're at a comic book convention. You run into the artist, and the artist says, you have a page of this. Everybody's not taking a lion. Lion? Lion? Everybody lion? Lion. 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 All right. <laughs> shortest segment we've ever done. Maybe the page after says bad. <laughs> you don't got any of them lion pages? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, page 22 for most of us, page 23 for Pat, which is good, because that's the one where he says, Tarzan Boondalo. <laughs> it's Jason's thing now. That's my thing. That's my jam. Boondalo. Boondalo. Uh, Electric boondalo. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about memories. Jared, you kind of mentioned one already with Joke. Any other memories of this uh, pop out in your I don't know. I mean, not really, because the book itself, like you said, came out, what, 77, 78? So I was real, real, real small. So I don't have a lot of memories from that. Like I said, my real awareness for Tarzan comes in the early 80s. I want to say 84-ish was about the time of Greystoke. Yep, that's when it came out. Lord, was it called Lord Greystoke or just Greystoke? It is I think called, it's called Greystoke. Greystoke, the legend of Tarzan. That's yeah. it. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to say that was in that brief moment. Like, Jason and I came from... Uh, well, just in case dad listens, you know, financially responsible parents. <laughs> and, uh, they weren't having a bar of any kind of cable TV. I'm starting to understand why you get Sky Strikers and I get Rams. <laughs> <laughs> and there was this brief moment in time where we got Showtime for free and Greystoke was one of the movies they shipped. And so that's where it kind of takes me back to that. That's where I kind of first discovered Tarzan. I thought, you know, what a kind of a cool character because, I mean... You know, he's British and he's proper and all that. And then he's dropped into the situation where he has to survive. It's either you die or you get strong. You get swinging through the jungle with another person and you're off strong. And he opted to get strong. And I always thought that's inspirational. It's like, it's basically like if you took a, it's kind of James Bondy, you know, a proper mm-hmm. British dude, just kind of dropped him in there. Good luck, you know, get strong or die. And I thought that was fascinating. So anyway, takes me back to, I guess, the early 80s to that, that movie. Nice. Pat, what about you? Any memories? Yeah, it brings back, and I'm glad Jared mentioned Greystoke, because that's what I've been thinking this whole time in a memory when I was reading this. You know, Jason, you and me are about the same, close to the same age, yep. so we're we're older than Jared at this time, and then just about that prime time when, in 84 when Greystoke came out, being able to go to the movie theaters and see it then, but it just puts me back I remember as a kid, not only with Tarzan, but with the Lone Ranger as well, where, you know, this was the time of of, mm-hmm. of those characters. And they yep. were just, you know, hitting big. And Zorro. Uh, Zorro yeah. as well, too. Yeah. Watching either the TV shows that they had, the, the Tarzan series as well, too, at the time. But, boy, this is the movies. You know, I haven't seen Greystoke in a, boy, probably since the 80s. I kind of want to go back, but then I kind of don't because I got this lovable 
memories for it, you know? Yeah, in my you're head. afraid if you watch it again. Like, yeah, I'm afraid. <laughs> and, and I feel the same way about The Legend of the Lone Ranger. That was 1981 that that came out. And I remember just going to the theater and just, oh, man, devouring that and the toys they had. And we would run around the yards with our guns. And, you know, they looked real at the time, too. And they were the cap guns. They'd yeah, they pop, 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 pop. Yeah. Wait, I want to hear Pat's cap gun sound effect again. <laughs> Like Donald Duck doing it. <laughs> yeah, they got a little quack, but they were the wet ones. The caps, you know, you put them in there. <laughs> but, oh, man, just the fun times. And I, I kind of want to go back and watch those movies, but I kind of don't because, oh, I, I, oh. Man, I watched Legend of the Lone Ranger, like, not too long ago. It was on Amazon streaming. It wasn't good, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched it for the first time about three, I don't know, I didn't, I finished it on it. So it's within the last year. Okay. I watched yeah. it on VHS, but see, I didn't have the memory of. It. I didn't see it back in the day. But yeah, I, I remember that was big. Movie. That was big summer viewing at the time. I mm-hmm. could see where some of the polish came off because it definitely had some pacing problems. But it's a good looking movie. I'll give yeah. it that. But as anyway, a kid, we're not here, we're not here yeah. to review. That. Yeah, but as a kid, I think just that's the memories it brings back for me is those big movies and just those movements. I remember having coloring books, mm-hmm. you know, Western yep. coloring books. Some other Western comics, I, I don't think I ha- I don't have them anymore, but I, I can remember having some Western comic books and just, oh, the fun time back then. Yeah, I think if I'm looking at what I was reading comic-wise in 78, I was blowing right past this heading for the Star Wars stack, you know what I mean? Sure, yep. yeah. It, it was all about Star Wars for me. Apparently, I missed some good stuff, but... When it comes to the cartoons, Saturday morning cartoons or the after school stuff, you're right. I remember they had the Tarzan Lone Ranger Zorro Adventure Hour. Oh, yeah. Where they'd have those three characters like back to back to back. And you're like, oh, man, this is the jam right here. The original big three. So, yeah, now I'm with you. Boy, good <laughs> memories. As kids, we were like, oh, man, they put all three of these. This is great. They love us kids. And then as you grow up, you're like, oh, they're in the public domain. that's what it is delvin i don't think we asked you yet any memories uh tarzan or anything from 1978 or beyond no pat took all my memories too it's just like you know jerry took i'm kidding um (laughs) i i don't have any memories as you know me being the youngest of us four i was one (laughs) and i I think my dad was still in the air force which would put me still um near dias air force base somewhere with my mom taking care of me i think i don't know it it was kind of hazy back then didn't have much memories so not really much to contribute there oh i did want to just add though it seems like just based off of the origin story that y'all gave tarzan sounds very familiar sounds kind of like a little bit like green arrow doesn't it yeah a little bit yeah rich guy uh stranded on the on the yeah. island and has to survive learns to survive by shooting a bow mm-hmm. kind of similar yep yeah he is not a physical specimen like tarzan is by any means but uh, nothing much to add other than you know somewhere you know there was one year old toddler delvin probably giving his mom f- but you know <laughs> other, other than that do you remember where you first discovered Tarzan, Tom? Man, no, I don't. I mean, I'm sure it had to be watching some some serial back in the day because I mean, everyone knows that. Oh, <laughs> you know, <I'm> pussy. 
Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, I, I don't remember. So there's a lot about Tarzan I don't know. I didn't know that he was so freaking immensely powerful. I knew about, you know, King of the Jungle, but, you know, people throw the name King in front of everything now, you know, not nowadays, even back then. So, yeah, I, there's a lot that I don't know about Tarzan because I had to even remember, it's like, oh, yeah, his name is, is, he is a lord. He is Lord Greystoke. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, yeah, I totally, totally forgot that. So this is at least refresh my memory about what I don't know about Tarzan, which is a lot. Very cool. Well, thank you, everybody. Those are all great discussions. And well, that brings us to the end of this part of the show. Got a comment or question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Longbox Crusade Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram page. And now you can also call us and leave a voicemail that we just might play on the show. Leave us a message at 707 532 5269. That's 707-532-L Box. We will be right back. Three hundred thousand words. Five thousand individual entries. Four hundred fifty-three pages. Two hundred seventy-one stories covered. 80 original illustrations. It all adds up to one book. The James Bond Lexicon. The unofficial guide to the worlds of James Bond in movies, novels, TV, and comics by Alan J. Porter and Jillian J. Porter. Now available from White Rocket Books and via your favorite online bookstore. For more information, visit the companion website at jamesbondlexicon.online or follow us on Twitter at Bond Lexicon. Welcome back from the break. Let's continue with the show. And we're going to roll into a segment we like to call Add It Up. That's right. It is time to scan through the featured issue of Tarzan number 11 for the top ads that stood out to us in a segment called Add It Add Up. up. All right, so here are the ads that stand out to us in this issue, and we'll let Pat lead us off. Pat, which one did you like? Well, there are a lot of good ones in this one, so I will leave probably one for Jarrett that we'll talk about. Also, there's a lot of hodgepodgey kind of stuff in there, too, so... I love those all finding all those little nuggets of little things that people are trying to sell. But what I'm going to choose is it's just a half page ad and it's for candy bars and it's the get rich and famous, the famous oh, Clark bars. Yes. Yes. They're also rich and also good. You may have trouble making up your mind. So speaking about making up your mind out of these Clark bars, you have Clark coconut, Clark peanut butter log, who doesn't like a peanut butter log? <laughs> Crunchy peanut butter. Zagnuts. A little bit different than hot nuts, but. <laughs> Zagnuts. Zagnuts. That's like when you get your, when they get them caught. Oh, got, oh, oh Zagnuts. Zagnut. <laughs> Zagnut. <laughs> Zagnut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instead of zigging it. Yeah. Anyway, 
uh, mint and this the plain Clark bar. So if you had to choose a bar, which one would you choose? We'll start with Jason. Crunchy peanut butter. I'm going mm, crunchy peanut butter all the way. That sounds good. Yep. Delvin? Looking at these, I have to go with mint. I like mint. Mm. I like mint chocolate. I do not like coconut in my chocolate. Coconut is gross, and anyone who likes it is gross also. So you're not cocoa for coconut. I am not. I'm not cocoa for coconuts. No coconuts. Mm-mm. Leave it with the peanut, man. <laughs> Jared. Give me that coconut you bar. You want the coconut? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. I, don't. I I have no beef with coconut. Uh, in fact, I like to envision in my head there was a part uh, where the Clark company was trying to get out these candy bars. And they're like, we got a shortage. And he's like, call this dude Scaramanga. And they're like, we don't need anybody killed. No, he's got coconuts on his junk. There, this is a real good <laughs> deal. <He's still laughs> it all came full circle. Let me answer the question. Uh, my taste buds are completely in line with Jason's. I will go crunchy peanut butter with a shout out to that Zagnut because uh-huh. I love the movie Beetlejuice and a Zagnut bar. <laughs> Too bad. Uh-huh. Shout out to people who get the Beetlejuice reference. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm a peanut butter guy, so crunchy would be all right. But I think I'm going with the peanut butter log. Going with smooth peanut butter log? Yeah, Ooh, yeah I like me. <laughs> funny to say. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm really surprised you didn't take that Star Wars ad that was right next to it there, Pat. I was, uh, I was a little oh, shocked. That was another good ad, too. I, but I, I thought it'd give us a little flavor here with asking around about what kind of... Gotcha. Gotcha. That's how Pat rolls. Yep. Yeah, those are good. Good choices. All right, Jared. What are you picking? I'm going to go with the... Clark Candy Bar ad. Let's go around the room. And- <laughs> no! <laughs> coconut bar. I love coconut. <laughs> For real, though, I'm going to go with the inside back cover, A Galaxy of Star Wars Treasures. Because this came out, what we say, 77, 78, right? Somewhere mm-hmm. in there. Star Wars is the hotness period. And I just like, we are going to pass it around again, because I like to see not only what they have to offer, but it's like this drawn thing where like C-3PO and R2-D2, Obi-Wan, Stormtroopers, Leia, Luke, Han, Chewie, they're all like very excited about this merchandise that they have offered. So you could get Star Wars backpacks, tote bags, t-shirts, book bags, baseball caps, keychains, posters, the Darth Vader communicator pendant mirror, whatever that is, and yeah. force button sweatshirts. Which one are you going to be taking, Pat? You know what? I think I'm going to go with the baseball cap because, man, just seeing Han Solo in a baseball cap. I'm going to need $4.50. <laughs> okay. That's how much it costs. But you're right. The drawing of Han Solo with the baseball cap is excellent. Jason. You know, I did actually have that little press on with Luke and C3PO. I had that pressed mm-hmm. onto a shirt at one point in time. But. I'm going to go with H. I'm going with the poster. I want that poster. I want it mm. up on my wall. Mm, I'm going to need $1.75, Jason. All right. It's coming at you. Uh, just to save time, I'm also choosing the poster. Delvin, uh, you're the biggest Star Wars fan out of all of us. I know you, you, this is a hard time for you. So which Star Wars ought to be taken? And I feel like the answer is going to be Coconut. Coconut. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get the tote. Why not? You know, I, I, I can tote stuff around and then it would be like, Oh, cool. That's a Star Wars tote. Like, are you big a Star Wars fan? I'm like, not really. No, too often. <laughs> not really. This is a fictional tote I took off of a moment of the podcast. <laughs> hey, how much does Delvin owe me? $5. He's the big spender. Ooh, Ooh, boy. God, he's going to be toting some For stuff. something he doesn't even like. He's a big spender on it. This is like, but the tote bag is like, you know how, yeah. like, like, 
environmentally responsible people like myself get the reusable bags and yeah, take to the yeah. store. This is like way ahead of that. Yeah. And Delvin will be at the store putting his groceries in there and yep. his coconut. Like, oh Clark man, Lowe's. Star yeah. Wars. May the force be with you. And they'll be like, what? <laughs> Live long and prosper, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> nanu nanu. <laughs> Uh, anyway, thanks for playing, everyone. Well, that just leaves Delvin. I'm guessing Delvin is going to go in on those 100% genuine natural diamonds for only $5.95. Am I right? Oh, my. I missed that. Dang it. No. Could have been rich. But, yeah. I could have gone back. If I can go back in time, get those. Today, they might be worth like $7.50. Mm-hmm. And you better look out. Right. <laughs> I, won't, I, won't, I won't talk to any of y'all anymore that $7.50. Fake diamond money. money. Tell you that much. 12 bucks, double my money. You know what they say? Diamonds are forever, Delvin. That's true. I digress. Devil Dinosaur. Man, I love when Marvel rocks the cool house ads. And you have that original drawing. You got a brontosaurus in the background. It's like, this is too much. I'm out of here. And you got Devil Dinosaur looking all like cool and terrifying with Moon Boy. And so, yeah, I mean, that Jack Kirby, what else could you want? Like a really cool Devil Dinosaur logo. It's so trippy and weird that I I would plunk 35 cents to see what the heck a Devil Dinosaur is. That sounds nutty and crazy. Absolutely, Delvin. That was one I was considering, but then I went to the back. And I found the ad that I'm going to pick, and I think you all know what it is. It's a little Hostess ad for Hostess Cupcakes. Spider-Man spoils a snatch. Stop, thief! Peter, someone stole the Cope Emerald. Whoops. What's Peter Parker doing here at a time like this? <clears throat> Gee, Mary Jane, I just thought of something. Wow. Some smart Alec is projecting hundreds of images. My spider webs can't catch what's not real, but how to tell which is the real villain? Nothing human can resist Hostess Cupcakes. He can't help but show himself. Delicious. Absolutely delicious. My images can't enjoy this delicious devil's food cake. This fudgy, chocolatey icing. The fresh, wholesome taste. I can. Oh, fudge. I didn't get the Cope Emerald, but I did get the rich taste of Hostess Cupcakes. The day isn't a total loss. Peter Parker, you missed all the excitement. I just went out for some Hostess Cupcakes. That's enough excitement for me. You get a big delight in every bite of Hostess Cupcakes. And that's how it's done. That was my up. Vincent Price impression, by the way. It was not. Doesn't sound much like Vincent. Cream filling, chocolate. All right, get hostess on the line. This is their second chance. That's it. That's the last ad. <laughs> Do you have a comment on this? Let us know. Email contact at longboxcrusade.com or comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram page. You can also call us and leave a voicemail that we just might play on the show. Leave us a message at 707-532-5269. Mary Jane, what's that? That's 707-532-LBOT. Thank you, Mary Jane. Now let's continue on. And our next segment, 
We're going way back in time. Once again, it is time to take another revealing peek back into history. What famous date shall I set it to today, Mr. Peabody? April 1978. Got it. With this segment called Way Back in Time, we are going back to April 1978. And we got some... News here to go through. I'll take April 1st. The Bob Newhart Show last airs on NBC TV. Is that true, Pat? What do you mean? Is that true? Because it's April on April Fools. 1st. Could it be April Fools? Could it be April Fools? Delvin, what's going on April 2nd? April 2nd, the TV show Dallas, starring Larry Hagman and Barbara Bel Geddes, premieres on CBS as a five week miniseries. The rating success leads to a 13-year run. Mm. <laughs> 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 I don't even know I ever watched Dallas when I was <laughs> Man, a good thing song. That's what they'll do for you. You can remember it and you didn't even watch the dang show. <laughs> yep. Our mom was a Dallas watcher. She was. Hence, we were Dallas watchers. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, what's happening on April 3rd? Oh, the very next day, April 3rd, they had the 50th Academy Awards. Annie Hall was a big winner with Richard Dreyfus and Diane Keaton picking up some W's that night as well. All right. Well, that just leaves me with April 12th. And at the 13th Academy of Country Music Awards, Jenny Rogers and Crystal Gale win. What was the song? Summer's Evening <laughs> on a train. train the gambler. Head up with the gambler. There we go. We're both too tired to sleep. <laughs> Let's go ahead and hit the top three movies for April 1978. We'll go ahead and start with Pat again. Well, coming in at number three, this really wasn't a big month for movies at the time. I think things are kind of in a slump. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I see the numbers. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> so I just want to preface this. Uh, you know, this wasn't really a good month for movies to be released in 1978. I think they're waiting for, you know, May, June to get things out. So coming in at number three was a little known movie called Holocaust 2000. It's a horror movie and it made 2200000 Or wait, no. That's no, $22,086. <laughs> wow. That would pay for, I don't yes. know, James Bond's assistant. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jared, bring us to number two. As I bring us into number two, I want to remind everybody listening to Land that I am, of the four of us, probably the most well-versed in film. I watch a lot of obscure things, and I've never heard of any of the movies we're going to talk about this list. Uh, so anyway, I do want to point out, though, that we are looking at the wake of Star Wars. Remember, Star Wars was so big for so long. I mean, we're yeah. talking over a year later, movie companies still don't want to release things in the theaters because Star Wars is still burying everything. Wow. It's amazing. It's amazing what Star Wars did to the movies. That's why we got these, <laughs> what we've got. <laughs> what kind of crap we got in the can? Anyway, <laughs> uh, let me not make the show any longer. Coming in at number two is The Manitou, another horror film that, made a whopping $32,229. I remember the theme song, I think, to that. 
Manitou. Manitou. <laughs> you're thinking of Xanadu. Oh. <laughs> and I'm going to pass it to Delvin for the number one film, and he better have some sort of an inappropriate joke. <laughs> I, I, I was intentionally giving it to Delvin. <laughs> All right. Coming in at number one for the month of April 1978 is FIST, which is an acronym for something. It may... $20 million, <laughs> there's that, and also, clearly, it was a porno. I downloaded it the other day. <laughs> don't don't tell me about it. Just <laughs> let, Let's just leave some things in imagination. All right, Delvin, I'm going to reverse order on this for the top three songs according to Billboard, just because I know that Pat's going to want, you know, number two or number one, and Jared will want the other one. So we'll go ahead and uh, let you... Lead off with number three. Well, fine. I mean, I like number one and number two also. I don't really know number three, but I'll read it I anyway. Number three. I don't okay. Know. All right, Pat, take us to number three. What's number three? Coming in at number three is a song by Eric Clapton called Lay Down Sally. Rest in my arms. Don't you think you want someone to talk to? All right. It's, that's Mr. Slowhand himself. Mm-hmm. Eric Clapton. All right, Jared, number two. Number two is a song we all know called Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. Number two, that's a good one. And that's the last we'll see of the Bee Gees on this chart. Oh, no. Not necessarily so. What's number one, Delvin? Number one is another song by the Bee Gees called Night Fever. Night Fever, Night Fever. I'm surprised no one sang Staying Alive. It's such a banger. Great yeah, song. it's a classic. That's the that's the, the one they teach in CPR class. That's mm-hmm. the way that's that you're right. supposed to, to do the heartbeat. Yeah. Thing, so yeah. You can either I'm do right. that one or another one bites the dust. Crap, I always do it to lay down Sally. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Jason. <laughs> okay, well, that brings us to the end of this part of the show. Got a comment or question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com. You can also follow and leave a comment on Twitter at Longbox Crusade. And once again, you can leave us a message at 707-532-5269. What's that number again, Mary Jane? For the last time, it's 707-532-LBOX. Don't bother me. You can bother. We will be right back. World on Fire, an all-star squadron podcast. Join your hosts, Billy D. And Herman, as we take a deep dive into the seminal DC comic series created by Roy Thomas and Rich Buckler. We'll be covering the series issue by issue, spotlighting our favorite characters, 
and talking about the historical tie-ins as well. So join us every month in A World on Fire, and All-Star Squadron podcast. Coming in December 2020 to a podcatcher near you. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called Crusader Comments. We are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks that have joined our crusade. They enjoy early access to special long box episodes, voting to help determine show content, and so much more. So these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. Angelica Wolf. Oh. Oliver and Elvis. Bill Bear. Blasted or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Captain Entropy. Clinton Robinson. That old battle wagon himself, Dave Collins. Gary V. Gerald Green. Jason Keene. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman. I hope you like Jim Jarman too. Thomas, Jim Thomas, Jim Thomas, Jim Thomas. <laughs> it's Jim Thomas. <laughs> Elementary, my dear John Watt. Jose Pollo. Josh Strickland. Captivating Kathy Bright, the MVP. Monstrous Mark Hatherly. Maxwell Traver. Michael Wagner. Miranda W. P.D. Devon. Paul Hick. Rick of Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Morgan. Ross Michaud. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Spidey67. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Toronto Cop. And Brad Morin. If we missed anyone on our list, we do apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. Still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by heading over to the patreon.com and searching for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Don't have any extra scratch lying around but still want to help us out here at LBC headquarters? please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. Even if you just want to keep it short uh, with star ratings, it does help raise the profile of the show, and we will share your review on the next show. Now we're going to dive into some likes, shares, and retweets from Longbox Crusade, episode 29, which was Blue Beetle, number one, from September 2011. We'll start with Aaron Headmoss. Oh, man, we've had this guy in a while. Welcome back, Allison Donald. Gotta get it. Got to get it. And Helica Freddy Wolf. Oh, Chris Lydon. Clinton Robinson. Your choice of coffee or comic. Wait, no, it's ants. Ants, and comics, and both. It's America, you get them both. Dave's Comic Heroes blog. Days of High Adventure podcast. DS and RS. That's Darren Ruth Sullivan, y'all. <laughs> Crack the code. Gene Hendricks. Hicks. Karen Fortenberry. Ken Solo. L. Andrew Augustus. Lee Ortiz. I'll take the Lee. <laughs> 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 Manuel Cagnette Mendoza. Manuel Carmona. Mark DeSabone. Max Reads Comics. Philip O. Ranger Gore. Secret Wars. And Beyond. Podcast. 
Shane Detert. Tune Price the Pod Crusher. Travis Warren. Hmm. Hmm. Bit of a pickle here, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. I suppose if someone wanted to give me a beat. Are you asking for a beat? <laughs> you know. <laughs> give a beat, Pat. Feel free to use that. Familiar. I, I just made it up. I was inspired by Jim Jarman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, is that is that safety dance? <laughs> I, I, was, I was like, I tried to make it kind of happy and island. Like, I don't, I don't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> you, 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 in, 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 in. <laughs> <laughs> You can pack if you want to. You can pack your friends behind. Because the friends don't pack, then if they don't pack, well, there's no power behind. I 1,000% made that up on the spot. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Feel free to use it as a sound clip in your show. Oh, it was good. Bernard Jeffries, ex-villain studio. And last but certainly not least, Zachary Carter. Well, let's dive into this mailbag and get some social media comments from... I'll pick one from over on Facebook. Scott Smith said, Team Ted. Jamie is the worst. Well, I'm Team Ted as well. I still like Jamie, but uh, Blue Beetle will always be Ted Cord to me as well, Scott. I'll take one from Paul Hicks, and he says, How come I'm older than all of you, and I'm more familiar with the comics and music from this era? And this was, what, 2000s, right? 2011, 2011 I think, yeah. Because you're hip, Paul. That's why. Mm-hmm. It's the beard. It must just help mm-hmm. keep everything that you know. And he says, also, you missed me in your list of Patreons. Did we? Did we miss it? That was the episode where I, I every time it came to me, I said, Alex. <laughs> so uh, I can't mention the second thousand times. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha, okay. So I think we made up for that. Actually, we don't have to say it for about six months or so, right? <laughs> Manuel Carmona says, I really enjoyed this series and the New 52 as a whole for that matter. And I think Jared sort of chimed in with some positivity there and said, here, here, we applaud that you like that stuff and stuff. And he goes, yeah, the new 52 gave me a chance to jump into the DC universe, which I never felt I could. And I took it out of 52 books. I was picking up 30 at least. And I stuck with 20 to 25 for at least 24 issues or until they got canceled. So it was pretty good to hear from somebody who the New 52 gave them a good jumping on point because that's kind of what we were discussing during that episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is good. Yeah, to hear that it it worked for somebody. So that's that's positive. Absolutely. And I don't know if you, everybody knows, but you can call us and leave a voicemail that we just might play on the show. Leave us a message at 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. L-Box. Pick up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta find it. Thanks to everyone for the likes, shares, follows, and comments. We appreciate your friendship and help in spreading the word about this podcast. And that's the show. Be sure to check out the website, longboxcrusade.com, where posts will be made for journaling this crusade. I want to thank Jared, Delvin, Pat, and Mary Jane for joining me on this episode. But before we go, let's find out where the listeners can find us on the internet. We'll kick it off with Delvin. You can find me on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y-1977. Well, Delvin, I'm glad you asked. And I don't get to say that much often, so I am definitely glad you asked me, Delvin. And you can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Jarrett, where can you be found? 
Well, whoever, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. And of course, check out my wares at www.theyardsaleartist.com. I think that brings it back to the Weasel Skull. You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. And if you want to interact with us via live chat and be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles, join us on our next episode of Doing It Live Stream over on YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month, and we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube, and please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you'll get reminder notifications for when we go live. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you have enjoyed this episode of the Longbox Crusade. Got a comment or questions? Email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page at Longbox Crusade. Don't know if you if we mentioned it yet on the show, but you can also now call us and leave us a voicemail that we just might play on the show. <laughs> leave us a message at 707 532 5269. Somebody, That's please just call us. 5-3-2-L box. Guys, on the count of three, give me a pick up the phone. One, two, three. Pick up the phone! We just want to know if the number works. Just call us and let us know. I realize how many times we ask people for feedback in the script. Please, please talk to us. (laughs) Tell us we're pretty. Until next time, take care and please join us for the next episode as we continue on the crusade to I couldn't get off you fast. Pick up the phone. I was going to say pick up the phone. I really was. I couldn't get off you. I was read them all. Pick up the comment. The intro music is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. When do you guys want to do the with the guy shouts? Different Shoot to kill! Oh, okay. Hang on. Let me show you. You go. Go. Shoot to kill! Oh, there's more. <laughs> Delvin. He's on mute. <laughs> He's on Homescapes and mute. He's muted and on Homescapes. <laughs> Even better. Sorry. Tarzan says, sorry. I've been answering that phone all day, baby. <laughs> Pick up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on YouTube. I'm going to find that freaking like, after. I know what you're talking about. I, I do remember that one. Yeah. Mayor Gene is standing by. That's right. Got nothing to do on a Friday night. <laughs> LBC, how many direct you call, baby? <laughs> no, baby, Sean, LB- Sean dead, baby. Sean dead. <laughs> Join the LBC block party. We go all night. No, we're not selling this smut. We've already been through that. Yeah, he's very clear on that. <laughs>
<laughs> Jared, mm. you're going to get to be the villain. Sweet. In this one. Okay. Because we've got to let our number one Spider-Man fan here, Delvin, be Spider-Man. Who does that leave? <laughs> Who does that leave? Hmm. Oh, look who's here. It's Mary Jane. Mary Jane! What, baby? We need you to do a, an ad read for us. We gonna get paid this time? Probably not. I'm an actress, baby! Actresses get paid! Do you uh, still want to sleep in your room tonight? <laughs> All right. This is extortion. Gotta work with these amateurs. All right. Okay, thanks, everybody. I'm gonna direct Mary Jane. You got Mary Jane. Pat, you got the, the cop. The top and bottom banners. Delvin, you're Spider-Man. Jared, you're villain. I don't want to waste a lot of time on this. I want professionalism. I want it one take. Are we ready? Ready. And Pat, lead us off. Action. Peter, someone's stolen the Coke diamonds. I've screwed up. I can't no, one work take, One take, Mary Jane. <laughs> Son of a Wow. What is that? Wow. Hold on. I can't see that. It is. Writing was small. I I, I enhanced it. <laughs> Enhance. Enhance. The amateurs, baby. I'll be in my trailer. <laughs> yeah, okay. Deterts? Sean? Is the, what is it? Detert? Detert? Anybody else care? <laughs> yeah. Detert, I guess. Is... Okay. Sean Detert. Well, Shane. Shane. <laughs> All that effort into Detert. We lost that Shane. <laughs> oh, here's that number again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the original one I put in the script. I didn't realize we are going to do it 27 more times. <laughs> You have comic books and you don't know who to talk to. <laughs> Got a question? Contact, Contact the long box crusade. <laughs> we'll tell you all of our secrets. The pages are getting sticky, man. <laughs> we'll tell you all. We we'll tell you all wars. about the Silver Age. <laughs> 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 oh, that's funny.